Welcome to Chucking a Sicky. This week, I can't go to work because I just received a letter from some type of uh, wizard school. I really have no idea about it, but I have to go to this platform at nine and three quarters and buy a wand. Anyway, your guess is as good as mine. I'm your host, Harry, and each episode, we invite a very special guest and go through their perfect day off. From the excuse they use to get off work to the song that sets the tone for the day, their favorite meal, and of course, their adventurous afternoon, a real-life Ferris Bueller's day off. We have a lot of exciting episodes coming up, from comedy superstars to bands, playwrights, actors, and hell, maybe even a goblin called Griphook. But this week, we have the brilliant Ben Murphy. Ben Murphy is a world-renowned illusionist and magician who hosts his own talk show that is aired across the Pacific called Chatterbox with Ben Murphy, formerly live from St. Kilda with Ben Murphy. The latest season is coming to screens next year, so get excited. You can keep up to date with everything Ben Murphy on www.benmurphy.com.au and make sure to follow him on the socials at thebenmurphy underscore. But for now, pull out that thermometer and get ready to call your boss because it's time for Chucking a Sickie. Ben Murphy, thank you so much for coming on Chucking a Sickie. Oh, Harry, thanks for having me. It's really weird. I forgot it was a pad- podcast and I went into performer mode and I literally just ran out of the room before I got on and put on some aftershave trying to get show ready. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need the aftershave today. Look, the last thing I can do is smell you. I think we're so far away that, look, look putting on it's a the top, last thing I appreciate that. As well. I mean, it's... Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we've got to start off your perfect day off with the worst job you've ever had. So obviously you've been a magician for many years now, an illusionist. You've got your own yeah. TV show, but let's let's go down to the dumps. What's the worst job that you've ever had? Uh, oh, gosh. Um a rule of thumb, pretty much any corporate event can be pretty tough um, <laughs> yeah. in, in the world of magic, you know, but uh, I've been pretty lucky that I've never really had a, a proper job. I had a maybe a three, four week period. I was working in a muffin break. Um, so okay. I was doing magic and yeah. that all through school. And then I went to university and I didn't want to do magic for a while. I had a break from it. So I started working at a muffin break and lasted maybe a month and then went back to doing magic <laughs> yeah i was gonna say muffin break to magic very different things unless you were doing tricks with the food no i was making a heck of a lot of marshmallows and muffins disappear <laughs> i gained so much weight in that month that i was there i was just yeah, yeah it was terrible <laughs> See, that's that's the ultimate magic trick just making food disappear and i'd try and be funny too like customers would come and they just want to get their coffee and things and i'd be trying to make jokes there they used to be that um that old saying which is pro- probably not a great saying anymore that um uh, when someone goes how do you like your coffee and then the person often replies with oh black like my men and just a yeah, you know, yeah. A, a fun little thing and <laughs> i had this i re- distinctly remember this lady coming up one day and i said oh you know how would you like your coffee and she said black i said oh like your men and it just, <laughs> yeah, just, it just management's just like what oh, what are you doing and then the more oh, i tried God. to sort of make reference to what it was from and just it's a silly and it just yeah it was it was not a good moment <laughs> no I, I feel like nowadays as well like people don't want that uh i guess jovialness uh, you just want your thing in and out done like people aren't really here for it i am in the morning on the gold coast and you got some flamboyant outrageous guy just making jokes at you just like mate just no <laughs> <laughs> yeah just want just want my long black nothing nothing more and if exactly you say that right. i like my men again i swear to god <laughs> <laughs> well the longer the better i think 
Yeah. <laughs> well, this is, I mean, this is the issue, right? Is that like when you're a performer as you are, I think it's, you can't turn it off. I feel like from what I've seen you with, with the YouTube videos I've seen and with live from St. Kilda, you know, this is, this is just who you are. And it's so natural and authentic. Like I'd be, I'd be upset if I came into a co coffee shop and I didn't get that answer from you. In fact. Yeah. You'd be like, what's, what's this guy doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it's one of those things. Like I, I like being entertained. I like getting entertained. And I find that, I get annoyed now when there's, you know, you go somewhere and there's not that bit of energy and that like everything's so, you've got to serve yourself, you've got to do everything yourself and no one even smiles. Yeah. And I've, I've become one of those grumpy old men that, you know, <laughs> when they ignore me or don't say anything, I'll go, I'm good, thanks. Or you have a nice day too. Like I've just become yeah. this really grumpy, <laughs> passive aggressive, probably a, a male version of a Karen, whatever, whatever that is. I don't know that. what it is. <laughs> Actually, do you reckon the first Karen to ever get sick was she? Uh, was she impatient zero? Yeah, I, I think so. It must have been. <laughs> must have been impatient zero. <laughs> it, it is funny you mentioned that because they recently did a study, a, a scientific study. Someone paid money for this to get done to find the male version of a Karen. I can't remember the name. It was like Steve or something, and, and it was Steve. The, sounds about the male right. Steve or yeah. the male stereotype. <laughs> So that's that's what you've turned into. Or a Richard, maybe. I mean, because that's just a dick. Yeah, Richard makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Look, we're speaking about your career as well, obviously. So you've been a magician for many years now. I know you started when you're from a pretty young age. Can you tell the listeners a bit how you got into magic and I guess how you've come to where you are today? Yeah, well, I, I probably got into magic. Like I was a really sick kid. So my first six, seven years of life, I was in and out of hospital uh, and I was in the hospital more than I was home. And uh, and then every year, probably until 12, 13, I'd spend a couple of months in hospital and they have like the clown doctors and the Make-A-Wish and all that type of awesome mm. things. And uh, I'm always obsessed with the magic that these incredible entertainers yeah. would do. And I'd get them to teach me magic. And then I just kind of got hooked from the magic that way. Yeah. And I'd worked out that I could refuse to take my injections or my medication. Um, and then the nurses worked out that if if I'd perform for them, I would take it. So I would, I'd refuse to take it unless they'd let me do yeah. a magic trick <laughs> or entertain them in some way. So <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, well, I'll only take my medication if you sit down and, and listen to my seven year old do this most awful trick. <laughs> yeah. Dinner and a show. There you go. Yeah. Which I guess is how my audiences feel nowadays. They're the ones wanting to take medication watching yeah. the show, I think. <laughs> I doubt that. But I, I was going to ask as well have you been back to the hospital ever and done magic tricks now as, as a professional? Oh, I have. Yeah. So I do a, a lot of um, voluntary stuff at various hospitals and travel around. I've headlined entertainment for the Make-A-Wish charity um, multiple times. Um, it's it's incredible work. Like they always have like a room where the kids that are well enough to come down to the room can come down and, and, and see it, which is great fun. But the part that I really like is going to the wards and meeting the mm. children that aren't able to to leave the bed and like yeah, to go down. Uh, it's I, I remember one child um and he he, he was non-responsive the entire time and i was just trying to you know the best to do what i could do and his parents were just in tears and they were saying that you know this is he's so happy right now and i, I wasn't able to tell that he was enjoying it all yeah. or anything but they were saying no he's he's loving this and they were just so thankful and it just you know, I go. You go home from a day like that, and it's it's so heavy, and you just admire these people that are able to do it every single day. It's it's incredible stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, it's great full cycle as well. Like, I think just giving back to a community that was so important for you and really gave you your career in a way. Yeah, it gave me my purpose and, and something to do, which is which is great. Yeah, and you've obviously, you know, you've broken records with magic tricks. You've toured all around the world. Uh, I heard a rumor that you even learnt Mandarin so that you could perform your your tricks in in China. I did. I got asked to. Um, so I, I not long got back from America. I did three hundred and thirty something shows over there, which was awesome. And then I got back and um, I was asked <laughs> to go That is a, a lot of shows. A, a like, lot of shows. Is... A lot of worrying yeah. how many people in the audience have a gun. You know, it's a weird, <laughs> weird yeah. thought to be doing a magic show going, half the audience here could potentially have a gun in them. I, you know. <laughs> yeah, terrifying. It's a little bit scary. I hope they like this trick. <laughs> yeah. The, the stakes are so much higher I yeah. think, when you're in the States. If something goes wrong, you know, the uh, consequences are a lot more than just like someone cussing you out as they would in Australia or like a, you know, beer bottle to the head. It's like, yeah, know, it's, it's a, gun. a shotgun. It's a, <laughs> yeah. Something of it. I mean, in that show, I had to escape from a tank of water every show. And um, that was the least scary mm. thing about performing over there. <laughs> yeah. But also, sorry, who's bringing a shotgun to a magic show? And how do you conceal that? Like, are they just coming in trench coats and, and Maybe, turning I mean, up I, with this I, huge shotgun? I don't shotgun? know if people had guns, but I would assume that there'd be, there would have been over the course of yeah. magic shows, there'd be people in the audience <laughs> that had, had weapons. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the only for weapons sure. I had were my arms, these these guns, these biceps. Oh, those guns. <laughs> yeah, which are, I mean, the most smallest yeah. of toy guns in the world, these biceps, I tell you. And then, um, yeah, somebody just said, hey, would, would you like to go to China? Um, can you can you speak Mandarin? And I was just like, yeah, of, of course I can. Uh, and I, I couldn't. I mean, the, the closest <laughs> I'd ever been to China was having sweet and sour pork at Westfield. So I, I you know, had no idea what I was doing, but I'm a firm believer of, you know, if someone offers you a good opportunity, you say yes. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I just set to sort of learning it and I uh, went there for first time was three months and then um, went well. And then I ended up spending uh, probably about eight years before COVID um, back and forth yeah. to China. Yeah, I mean, not the best place to be at the beginning of COVID. Yeah, but all my merchandise is made in China <laughs> and uh, it cost me about 52 cents each to make the merchandise. And then when I'm touring China, I get to sell it back for about $11 US. <laughs> so it was the best yeah. experience ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're really uh, giving back to the people what they need. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) The junk that I get made there, I can sell back for uh, a lot more. And and they appreciate the thought. Locally made, you can put that on the sticker, made in China for your Chinese audience. Exactly right. It's just, uh, it shows how much I care, which is nice. (laughs) So you've done all these shows, you know, you have worked with some amazing people, but then COVID hits and you start interviewing, I guess, your celebrity friends. How did you end up with the show, which is now live from St. Kilda, which will be Chatterbox with Ben Murphy? Yeah, it was, um, it was, it's kind of crazy because I was, I was in a bit of a dark place for a little bit, which I guess most entertainers were. We were, we came back for a three week holiday from China and then we were scheduled to go back. I had some dancers that had never been overseas before. It was their first contract. We were at the airport, um, at like a four or five in the morning, look at this message going, don't get on the flight at the moment. There's something happening. Go next week. Yeah. And of course that never came. And so I lost all this work. And then uh, I was so bored. I started doing some radio courses and bits and pieces. And then, you know, everyone was doing podcasts and various things. And I thought I'm, I'm going to do the same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, just started contacting people and filming it. And then uh, it went pretty well. And then Channel 31 said, would, would you be able to, 
put this um, air, which you've been filming on TV. And I didn't really want yeah. to put what I'd just been filming on Zoom on there. And I said, can I make a, a proper show? They said, yeah, sure, if you like. And then we were able to uh, get a broadcast license. So we were able to film during lockdown, which is great. Um, and it also gave us access to some incredibly talented people that were in the same boat. People were just keen to get out of the house and, yeah, and do sure. anything. So we assembled a wonderful team and um, it turned into really good. We were on in uh, in New Zealand, um, Adelaide. We were on in Fiji and Vanuatu. Oh my God. Um, yeah, it just kind of got picked up. I mean, I worked really hard ringing everyone and overselling the show. And, yeah, and as you have to do was, with every show you yeah, start. Yeah, fake it till you make it. But yeah, today sure. I just found out I got nominated for an Antenna Award, which is um, a, a television oh, award. Oh, that's awesome. For, yeah, for our most outstanding new producer and best arts program, which is, uh, yeah, incredible. Congratulations. That's so good. I mean, from something that you've done off your own back, which now has a live studio audience as well that people can get tickets to, like, it's it's pretty incredible. It's been, yeah, it's been a trip. I mean, it's, it's really exciting, but I think it's testament to the team that I assembled. Like, uh, a show like that, we had over 40 people working on this show. Uh, every week and uh, you know it was quite an ambitious show and we had some amazing guests like Miriam Margulies, yeah. Vanessa Morosi, the cast of Neighbours. We had them on because wow. they were cancelled. Turns out we didn't need that episode. They're back. Yeah. It's like a rash just not, keep coming back. No, nothing ever dies. Home and Away and Neighbours will be here until the world probably burns over. Even Forever. then it'll be streaming it, on Mars. Yeah, I, I reckon uh, Alan Fletcher and Dr. Carl still going to be there in 200 years' <laughs> yeah. time. I mean, that guy's immortal. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> Just forever and ever. I mean, it's pretty great. You've had some great guests as well. Season three is, is happening very soon. But I wanted to go back to the magic that you've been doing as well um, and illusions. I guess for you, you, you've spoken quite a bit about things that have gone wrong and if it doesn't always go to plan. But I wanted to know, what's your favorite um, trick to do or your favorite um, illusion? Oh gosh, I, I've, I've probably got two um, that I, I really, really adore. There's a there's a moment in my sort of family version show or one that I would do on cruise ships or various things where I get a child up from the audience, I make a balloon dog, I do some silly jokes and then I squash the dog, it pops and then I make it come back to life. And now I, I really like that moment because I'm such a, a bully in that moment to this kid, I get a, a young child up from the audience and I'm such an asshole to this poor child, but I, I've got pretty good at picking a kid that will be able to handle it. And I, yeah. I, you know, you, you work it in such a way where even though I'm being an asshole, I've given them cues and things to do things back. So the kid actually comes out the winner and the champion at the end. And I end up looking yeah. like the dickhead, which, which I really not like, because everyone expects, you know, a magician, you know, oh, it's such a kids friendly thing. And it's yeah. just the complete antithesis of that. So I think that's yeah. exciting. A little, um, a little bit of child abuse, but not, not. Yeah, hence. just yeah. a little bit, you <laughs> <Just> know, <laughs> but it's just fun to see, you know, I think it shocks everyone. And then everyone gets another joke and it's just so like kids are funny and they're so yeah. resilient. Yeah, and if if you can do things in a way that empowers them and they don't feel scared, it's you know for the rest of that week, that kid's the superstar in the cruise ship. You know, everyone's yeah, going, yeah. "Ah, you were that kid," you know, and it's yeah. that's excellent. And then there's a another trick I do, uh, which is just silent done to music, and it's just a, a card trick that's filmed and projected on the screen, and it's just all these cards change shapes and colors, and it's just it's just beautiful. So I like that, you know, the extreme yeah, visually pleasing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and all the illusions are fun. It's good to have, you know, when you're cutting people in half and floating in the air and all that. Um, yeah, is, is good fun. But something about, you know, the audience interaction or the something that's still is it's just such a nice 
pace break from uh, yeah. you know, dancing around and waving your arms while your girl in feather high kicks, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's something about the people, right? That's the best part of doing these shows. Yeah, and people love to see people they know up. Like my, my corporate show, um, you know, which I get booked for a lot, there's actually ended up very little magic in it. I have about five people up throughout the show from the audience and people just yeah. love to see people yeah, they know on stage. Yeah, you know, especially if it's a boss. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, always goes yeah. down really well. Always. Yeah, I have no in doubt. every workplace there's always that one idiot where you're just like ah you're the one that everyone hates here <laughs> like, yeah, they just stand like, like a sort of people are silently hoping that if you saw him in half he won't come back together like i prefer half of him and on separate ends of the of the floor if possible oh and i t- if one more person comes up to me after a show i mean i guess comedians get similar sort of things but i get all the time ha huh, can you make my wife disappear i mean oh god everyone says that to me and it's just like oh gosh i no, it's just or oh that. here's a trick you can you can do this in your show and they'll show me yeah, you know the yeah. thumb trick or something and you're like yeah i'm gonna do that in front of two thousand people good on you yeah yeah it's like you're really funny i hope you've thought about this before you came up here yeah, yeah. well i wanted to ask as well there's obviously a lot of shows that like break down magic tricks and illusions how do you feel about that as as a magician yourself uh, th- those sort of shows started when i was quite young i reckon 12 or 13 the first secrets of magic revealed um and at first, I kind of hated it, but I, I don't. I, I don't mind. I mean, magicians can be a, a little bit douchey at times. They also try and <laughs> convince people that what they're doing is real. And mm. and I'm, you know, I, I think I'm an entertainer first and foremost. And magic is just a tool that I use to entertain people. I think the audience yeah. aren't dumb. They know there's a secret to it, and I don't want to insult them by pretending that I'm really some magic guy so i i I kind of like to perform in a way where i know there's a secret you know there's a secret so let's just forget about that and have a good time yeah if you're so worried that the audience is going to find out your secret then it means you're not entertaining them so you got to suspend disbelief yeah you know it's like you you know how people sing or you know how a comedian structures a joke or you, you know watch a movie and you know that the car crash isn't real so magic to me is no different you know you know there's other stuff happening so just put on a good show and people are going to love it regardless yeah exactly it's not like we're in the 15th century they're not going to burn you at the stake we're no, happy yeah, with, they're not we're happy thinking with being I can really walk on water or <laughs> yeah it's like we kind of this know. woman's really cut in half unless it's my half sister <laughs> yeah 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 do you get i'm not gonna ask that question if it's the top or bottom it doesn't matter um, <laughs> but look it's very exciting we can't wait for season three of live from st kilda and your shows yeah as well, well under the new name uh, ben murphy's chatterbox chatterbox of um, course very good it's also going to be on amazon prime in the uk oh, and great. us which is very very exciting um yeah. it's it's great fun we, we get an opportunity to um like what I love about it, there's not really an opportunity in Australia for comedians and variety artists and um, people to come on TV and showcase their skills. That's not a competition mm. show. And I'm not a big fan yeah. of the competition yeah. stuff. I, I don't think you, you can't put, you know, like a 40 year old comedian who's done, you know, 20 years of stellar material and writing against some six-year-old toothless cute girl singing over the rainbow like it's it's not a fair competition it doesn't work well it's funny you say that because i reckon for me the last like variety show that i think that didn't even really have that variety aspect would have been rove um i just feel like there's not a lot there's not a lot of shows in australia at all you you go to the jimmy fallon jimmy kimmel any jimmy really in the states or graham norton like australia doesn't really seem to have that i feel like chatterbox is is paving the way hopefully for a new generation of i'm hoping so we we had a a meeting with 
um, with Channel 10 and they were saying, oh, there's not really a, a demand for chat shows anymore. And I said, oh, because your channel has Graham Norton and this and that. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, you've you've yeah. got all these things, you know, but when, when these celebrities come to Australia, there's, there's nowhere for them to go. You know, you might get four mm. minutes on the project. But it's not the it's not the same thing. No, not at all. No. So hopefully I can build it. It's I like how their justification was I'm a celebrity getting me out of here. That that is the ratings we need, not like a good talk show. Like, come on guys. No. <laughs> Should be I'm a celebrity. Who the hell are these people? Yeah, yeah. Which is good because it means that I might have a chance of being cast. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Chuk well, let's let's go back to your perfect sick day. So you've been at Muffin Break for that one month. It was terrible, but now you need to get out of work for the day. So what excuse this, would you use? Is this use? where the um, podcast breaks and you have the uh, ah, ah, chakasiki? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, Chik- that's the best Chuk- part Chuk- of the podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you. Don't forget about no, the actual. No, I just really like the theme shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Has, yeah, yeah. has anyone ever chucked a sicky for the podcast? Uh, yes, I've actually had a number of, number of people. There's been two people that I'm aware of. One person did it during their work break and then had an extended work break. So they ended up oh, wow. eventually <laughs> chucking a sickie. But someone actually did uh, chuck a sickie. They just quit work early to, to come on the podcast. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, which is pretty fun. <laughs> We we just we just had your favorite part of the podcast, which was the musical interlude between the sections, not the content. The musical interlude, I'm not offended. It's fine. Um, no, no, the but, music interlude's good. I mean, the content's good too, obviously. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you. I'm fishing for compliments here. Um, <laughs> not this what, episode. Skip to another one, but the rest are really good. <laughs> what what excuse would you use to get out of work for the day? My my go to excuse is uh, my. I've got a bit of gastro and then I, you sort of start to go into detail and people just cut yeah. you off and like, no, uh, uh, that's fine. Always. It's Works always the time. case. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed. I really thought there would be some illusion magic element to your excuse. Um, gastro. Yeah, I, I cut someone in half and I can't put it back together and there's this yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Or, you know, I've, I've got locked in the water tank. I can't actually get out. I, like I'm sending this to you tele- telepathically. Like, do you know, I have had people ask me with the water tank, they've gone, did you get out? And they've been like <laughs> sitting face to face asking me going, Oh, did you get out when you did the water tank? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, no, no, I'm, I'm still in there. Yeah. I, it's, it's just, it's a, this is why it's easy to do magic because the general public, uh, especially in America, like, I mean, they believe anything. <laughs> they, I think there's a lot of times with that. Hello happens. to our American <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening. in. we still love you, but I think it happens. <laughs> Sorry to alienate you. It happens so much when you do something like you've been on an adventure and you're like, oh, I was climbing a cliff and then I fell and they're like, Oh my God, did you make it? It's like, like, what do you think? Honestly, like, look at me. <laughs> do you think that I made it? I, <laughs> like, it's a trick question. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's strange. It's so odd. Well, I'm glad that you made it out of the tank, but you've got gastro, which I've got to say in and of itself, super mysterious. We always know there's that one undercooked chicken piece that you've eaten, but really no one knows where it comes from. At least I didn't get the gastro in the water tank. I mean, that'd be oh, quite, um, yeah. Now that, Gosh, that would be, be a sight to see. <laughs> Make the audience vanish. Yeah, honestly. Oh, okay. That sounds pretty awful. No one's asking follow-up questions for the gastro, but... No, it's it's like a nice... Because I'm not a good liar either. Like, yeah. I, 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 I think I've got obvious tells when I'm lying, um, which is weird because I've made a career out of deceiving people. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, you just say gastro, no one asks any questions. You're like, ah, I'm out. Yeah. What are some of your tells? How do you, how do you give it away? Do you have like an eye twitch or do you like like 
accidentally punch people. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? No, I, I usually start to rub my nose a lot and do okay. this. And um, I, I, well, I'm, I'm doing something where people on a podcast can't see, yeah. but like when you rub your yeah, nose, you but your hand nose. covers your mouth. And I think it's the covering the mouth part that is maybe the subconscious yeah. lying <laughs> yeah. part. Um, and then I tend to go like a monkey and scratch behind my head yeah. too. Um, put one arm up and scratch the back of my neck. So Yeah, really rapid movements. Speak no evil, see no evil type thing. I don't know. <laughs> so if ever you see me on TV scratching my nose and putting my hand by my head, you're like, he is lying. Yeah, Ben's got no idea what he's talking about. He is lying through his... No. Through no. what we can only imagine behind his hand are his teeth, but we don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so look, you've gotten out of work for the day. Uh, you use the excuse of gastro, but now you need a pump-up song. Um, so Baraka Performance, uh, they are not a big night, but a big day. So what song would you use to pump you up for your perfect day off? Oh, okay. I've, I've got two, actually three that I would I would use. <laughs> okay. and I'd, I'd play these three. The first would be, this is really, really bizarre, is um, U2 and Pavarotti, Miss Sarajevo. Okay. That would be my first song. I don't know. I just... I, I like it because it's kind of slow and then when um, U2's singing and then when um, Pavarotti comes in, it's just like the change of that song is just, that is I don't know, it's a weird it's awesome. combo. I, I never knew that U2 and pa- pa- Pavarotti did like a featured song together. It's not something you know you need until you hear it <laughs> yeah. and then it becomes part of your daily routine. It's it's do yourself a listen, uh, a favor, have a listen. It's excellent. And then I'd probably go to Dream, Things Can Only Get Better. Okay, Doreen. Um, I find that such a great pump-up song. And then I'd probably finish off with a song called Superstar, just to stroke the ego uh, uh, from yeah. uh, Love Inc. Um, you're a superstar, reach for the stars. It's just one of those. Uh, and then I just, you know, I like to think of myself, I'm passable or straight, and then that music comes on yeah. and you're just like, yeah, okay, any yeah. doubts? He yeah. is the gayest yeah. guy in the world. Really embracing it. I mean... This is three really strange picks all together. Like the YouTube and Pavarotti. I'm a, I'm a strange, I'm a conundrum though. It like, is I, eclectic, <laughs> eclectic to say the least. Um, yeah. Are you a big fan of these bands in, in and of themselves or is it just these like one songs that you're like, this is my theme song? No, just, just those songs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't really like the, um, actually U2, I didn't mind some of their earlier stuff, but the other artists, it's just those the one songs. songs. Yeah. Um, just... Yeah, it's really great for me. The more the more I do this, the more I realize that my music knowledge is is awful. Like my my partner, she has like a encyclopedic knowledge of music, and I reckon I've heard of you two, I've heard of Pavarotti, and that's the extent that I go yep. with music. Like I've heard of Ed Sheeran, great, but I, I like. Oh, do are you re- one of those people that hears a song on the radio and someone goes, "Oh, that's so and so," and you're like, "Oh, that's who that is." Yeah. Have, when it's on, you have no idea who it is. Sometimes it's it's hit and miss with me. Like I'll know yep. some obscure Australian band, but uh, I heard that. Kylie Minogue had a new song. Had no idea. Yeah, but that's not news. I mean, every every week Kylie Minogue's got some new song. <laughs> okay, that's true. That's true. Actually, you, you could say that. You you could play this in fifty years time and go, oh, Kylie Minogue's a new song, and there'll be uh, a gaggle of gays somewhere in Pran <laughs> yeah. going, oh yes, I like that new song. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just it's forever. Is that is that the official terminology as well? A gaggle of gays? Because I feel like that the alliteration there is is pretty lovely. I don't know, but I think it sums up what, <laughs> what, what my Sunday brunches look like. Yeah. You know, you just get, there's a gaggle of gays. Gaggle just of squawking gays. and peacocking and competing <laughs> against each other. All showing their guns, which is very important as well. Yeah. 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 And the only time the table is ever silent is when someone like attractive. You can always tell when a gaggle of <laughs> yeah. gays has found someone attractive because all of a sudden they're like, blah, blah, blah. And then it's just 
deadly silent <laughs> yeah. and their chests all puff yeah, up they're ready they all preen a little bit yeah and then they start talking the moment he's walked out of the room oh uh, you know what i think that is just uh, very unfortunately just like a male thing because when i'm with my friends they will like i'll have a conversation with them and they'll just stop when someone attractive walks by i'm like i'm i'm like i'm speaking to you like what is like we were in a car once and we started veering because my mate driving had seen like a pretty girl and i was like P- please just like keep your eyes on the road this is like yeah. this is ridiculous levels at this point <laughs> just, and i think yeah all, all us um male identifying people i think we have yeah that just something where we just zone out we can't do two things we can't admire someone's beauty <laughs> and have a conversation at the same time yeah. like we can only think one thought yeah, unless you're in a relationship, and then at that point, it's just tunnel vision, and you don't you don't ever see other people. It's just your partner. Well, see, that's one of the beauties of being gay. I've been with my partner <laughs> for twenty years, so we can like we just. If I'm ever on quiet, he's like, ah, oh, over the left. I'm like, yeah. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I There's agree. And then we're both just silent for five minutes. It's great. <laughs> it definitely makes life a bit easier. That's for sure. It, it does. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Okay, so you've got these three different songs playing into each other. Do you want that combination? You want you two, then Dareem, then Superstar? Is that is that the sequence that we're doing here? Definitely. Definitely. I think yeah. the uh, Miss Sarajevo is sort of a nice ease into the day. It's kind of a bit more poetic, a little bit maybe more um, uh, sophisticated. Uh, then Dareem sort of starts to build up. Things can only get better. It's talking about the um, the day ahead, how good the day is going to be. Yeah. You know, I've whoever you're with and then superstars just a song for the ego and having an ego stroke before you head out yeah. is always good really feeling yourself at superstar that's for sure yeah <laughs> usually the song i'm going to be getting dressed to i think yeah okay great <coughs> so you've got these three songs now you're feeling a bit peckish so where would you go in your local area for your perfect meal oh i I probably in my local area. I don't think I have a regular place. I, I I like for for breakfast. I like to go somewhere different all the time. Okay. Um, but my go-to order will always be smashed avo with with feta and right. some chili scramble. Um, but I, I I yeah for that meal for for breakfast I like to go to different places as often as I can. Okay. Have you found an, a smashed avo that you reckon so far has been like top tier? Yeah, in Brisbane, uh, there's a place called the Gun Shop in West End, and the smashed avocado there is just, oh, it's fantastic. It's, it's so good. <laughs> it's funny. We were speaking about it earlier. Gun Shop in Australia, I feel safe. I feel okay. If that was a, a shop in the States, yeah, I, yeah, there's, like, definitely, there's definitely it's smash. It's a name, whereas but, in America, it's yeah. a threat or something. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's like a very aggressive thing, whereas that smashed avocado sounds, sounds lovely in Brisbane. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. It's only pepper powder and not gunpowder. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the Smashed Avo is something that came around in the last decade. I feel like before then, I'd never really heard of Smashed Avo. And then suddenly it's just everywhere. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think I had my first avocado until I was 23. <laughs> that is like, a I'd, late I'd never had. Yeah. So a week, a week ago was my first <clears throat> avocado. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, that's surprising because yeah, yeah, I thought you were still 21. So, you know, here I am thinking. Yeah, no, well, my teeth are 21. I'm, I'm a bit older, but no, I'm kidding. They're, they're only four years old. Yeah. So it's fine. <laughs> Works out well. Smashed Avo with the, yeah. the chili. Are you a big chili guy? Yeah, I love chili. I went through a phase where I was putting Tabasco and chili on everything. And then I had to had to dial it back a bit because I was just, I couldn't taste anything. I was so addicted. Yeah, to, I was, 
that chili high. Doesn't it kill your senses as well? So you stop being able to like taste as uh, I guess vibrantly. Yeah, you couldn't as you did taste before. much, but it, I call them the I, I call in dolphins the dolphins. So my partner and I just say, "Oh, the dolphins." Yeah. And I was just I think the chili high just releases so many dolphins. I would love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like which... I couldn't care about the taste as long as I'm getting that, um, you know, endorphin hit. I think it works well though, because when you see a dolphin, you do generally get endorphins. Like it's a pretty exciting thing to do. So dolphins works perfectly. It, it is very, it's, yeah, it is one of those things. You're like, there it is. Yeah. You start pointing and screaming like a banshee. Yeah, yeah. You're doing the, you're scratching behind your head, but it's not a lie this time. It's just the, the animalistic yeah, instincts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you've got your smashed avo with feta, chili, uh, scrambled um, eggs. If you could go anywhere in the world, like you've obviously traveled all around the world doing shows in the States and in China, all around, where would you go for your perfect meal? Oh, it's it's not my perfect meal anymore, but there used to be a place um, in Adelaide called Mexican Society and the food was exceptional. Um, and then oh, I reckon it must have been a, a month later, um, my partner and I saw like $40 flights to Adelaide and we're like, you know what? Let's fly there. So we flew there to have lunch. Oh my God. And then we, st- yeah, we stayed the night and we came home the <laughs> next day, but we, we did some other stuff there. But the purpose was to go back to this restaurant because the food was amazing. Yeah, It was just the most exquisite food we'd ever had. And we've been telling friends about it for years and years. And then we had some friends in Adelaide um, recently and we were, uh, t- you know, telling them about them, they're like, oh, it's not that good. It's not that good. And we're like, really? It's the best food ever. And then when we were last in Adelaide, uh, it was awful. I think, oh, I, think no. Change I think they must have or... changed owners or oh. chefs. Or it was one of the worst meals we've ever had. And we're like, ah, oh. no wonder people were looking at us like we were weird raving about <laughs> yeah. this restaurant. And it was, it was terrible. It's, it's one of the greatest hardships <laughs> in life when a place that you love goes into new ownership and it completely changes what it was like you have such fond it's, memories it's like devastating in a way you kind of prefer for it to burn down than for it to have new ownership because at least then you know you've got that memory now it's been sullied yeah or change have the decency to change the name or <laughs> yeah. something don't lead us in with that false <laughs> don't lie to us security you know? <laughs> I, I can't believe that you took a flight to adelaide to have lunch that is probably one of the best things i've ever heard i mean it was only 80 bucks return so yeah. it wasn't like you know it wasn't super fancy um but you know we were just like you know what let's we've got nothing on this weekend let's let's go it's so we did (laughs) it's probably still cheaper than an uber to the city and back to be honest heaps cheaper (laughs) than an uber to the city you know it's crazy yeah it is crazy that we're in a world now where it's cheaper to fly well it was cheaper to fly to adelaide for a day than getting you know half an hour uber Uber to and from the city it's cheaper to go to like vietnam for three weeks than it is to go to uluru for two days so true it's it's crazy Look, we need to go to your afternoon. So you've had your meal and now like Ferris Bueller, you want to have an adventurous afternoon. So if you could do anything with anyone, what would you do for your crazy adventurous afternoon? Oh God, there's two things I'd do. The first, I'd go to a nude beach and get a nice tan. Um, and then the second thing would be uh, Universal Studios Osaka. Okay, let's, let's deconstruct this a yep. little bit. Nude beach. I've, I mean... Look, maybe from the nude beaches that I've I've been to in the past, it's generally quite overweight Mediterranean men in their like late seventies. Yeah, so if you want to feel like a superstar and feel confident about yourself, <laughs> yeah, you go to okay. a nude beach. You feel so good. Although I did because I ha- I have bad back problems, and I do this exercise a lot to try and stretch my back. Where I lay on my back and then I kick my feet up over my head, <laughs> so my feet oh, go above my head. And one yeah. day we were at the beach. Uh, 
nude beach, lying there. I was reading my book, just relaxing. And then my back started getting sore and I didn't even give it a thought. And I just sort of <laughs> threw my legs over my head. You know, my crutch is near my oh face, my, my feet are behind <laughs> yeah. me. And then this uh, gaggle of gays started applauding and whistling from <laughs> down. And I was like, mortified. I completely forgot where I was. And I just realized now how stupid it would have looked. This, yeah, you're you like, know, it's not what it looks guy. like. I swear, it's it's for my back. I was stretching my back. I was like, sure you were, sure. Yeah, yeah, all right, mate, all right. Yeah, or what, sunning my perineum, perineum or whatever that yeah, new yoga yeah. thing is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And also, you're just trying to get an even tan, you know? Your butt doesn't well, exactly always get the right. most sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> Need all the angles to make it work. Yeah, and it was a full moon, so why not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, more than more ways than one. Well, many more ways. Are there a lot of noon beaches, like, around your area? Because I feel like there's, like, I'm from Sydney, and there's maybe one or two that I'm aware of at most. There's, um, there used to be one really close to here, but then um, people bought houses there, and that's not there anymore. But that was, that wasn't, I don't know, a piece of sand more than a nude beach. There's yeah. a good one near Torquay. Um, and then there's another one on the morning to Peninsula too, but it's, I like them cause it's, they're pretty quiet Yeah. and you know, you go to like the main beaches on a hot day in Melbourne. We have so few hot days that everyone goes crazy to the beaches. Yeah. But if you go to, you know, these beaches, they're usually a bit quieter. You can find a spot on your own where no one's near you and you don't get bothered and you can, you know, so I like the quietness of it. Yeah. Um, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Forget, you know, and the criteria of just being completely nude has nothing to do with it at all. No, no, nothing at all. <laughs> yeah. I never thought in the time that I've been doing this podcast that I would be speaking about nude beaches uh, as part of a perfect day off, but I, I love that you've gone there. Um, but I never thought I'd publicly admit it. I, I wish <laughs> yeah. I hadn't just come out of that. You can, you can cut that out, right? Can't you just put oh. Chuck-a-sicky yeah. right over the top of that part. And, and yeah, <laughs> we can, but we definitely won't. It has to stay in because you've got... Dang. The thing that I have to ask though, you're at the nude beach. From there to Osaka, are you putting clothes on for the flight or are you just like having the whole day just feeling yourself? Oh, f- f- feeling myself as in, I thought I was going to say, I'm not going to oh, walk no, no. around feeling myself. I was like, <laughs> no, okay, um, bad, wow. bad phrasing, bad phrasing. Yeah, I meant bad like, choice of words of the nude uh, beach there. Yeah, not, not, you know what I meant. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah, no, definitely clothes on. Like I, I'm not even one to get naked at home really much. It's... Yeah, so yeah, surprising about the nude. So I'm, not, I'm not a nude, I'm not a nudist. I'll get that clear. But yeah. on a hot summer's day, you just anyway. The more you speak, there's about definitely clothes on to get to Osaka. <laughs> the, the more you think the say about it, the less I'm like. I think he's going because there's less people at the beach. I'm beginning to think that maybe there's yeah, other reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as as he scratches the back of his head, <laughs> covers his mouth. So now you're going to Osaka. You've got a private jet that's taking you over there. It's picking you up from the nude beach um, in Torquay, and you're going straight over there to Osaka. Have you been to this Universal Studios before? I have a couple of times. I, I did make the mistake one day of going on one of their public holidays on a weekend and oh, it God. was shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. And it was, um, actually that was the first time I ever went. Um, and I wanted to buy a, a front of line pass. Oh yeah. The fast I got pass. The, I got the calculations wrong and I think I ended up costing almost 600 bucks. Oh it was, my God. Yeah. For a day, for one day. For, for a day. Yeah. So it was the ticket price plus almost an extra 600 for the front of line pass. Oh my God. Like the yen is strong, but, yeah, wow. it's the most, ex- <laughs> but I think also dollar for dollar, it's the most expensive universal in the world, like hysteria than the American right. ones. Like I've done the American yeah. one a few times, um, the uh, um, the Los Angeles one, 
and it's you know it's it's fairly affordable i think it's only like 70 bucks or something you know so it's not oh that's not bad yeah yeah and it's pretty quiet too like every time i've been i've asked do i need an express pass and they're like no there's no one here off you go yeah and it's yeah you'll be right great. Yeah. So why the Osaka one over the uh, Los Angeles one? Oh, I just think some of the rides are just. I, I think it's it's new. Um, it's fresh. There's a there's an energy from the the Japanese people that's ex- like you know they're not afraid to really embrace the the kitsch and the the crazy and the fun. So there's this yeah. You know, you go to an American theme park or even on the Gold Coast, you know, you get a lot of um, Caucasian people that have got their big families. Everyone's tired. They're kind of just stopping eating a lot in their um, bintan yeah. singlets. Whereas, <laughs> always, you know, always. The Japanese people and, you know, even in uh, the Chinese Disney and that, people are just running around excited like little kids of all ages. Yeah. And that, that energy really <laughs> sucks you in. It's great. Yeah. What's, what's your go-to ride? If you're getting there, you've only got one ride left that you can do. And you've got the fast pass, so you can get to the front. Oh god! The, oh, the Harry Potter ride is is um is phenomenal. Magical. Uh, it's it's just insane. Like my <laughs> previous favorite ride before that used to be the Transformers ride, and this is kind of like the Transformers ride, but rather than sitting in a car, your legs are dangling free. You're on one of those robotic <laughs> arms that move around and flips upside down, and then that robotic arm yeah. is attached to a roller coaster. And it's and you keep oh stopping God. all these rooms, and then de- dementors are coming out to you, and they're shooting out cold air, and you can't tell whether because um, it's part three D projections and then part animatronics, and you can't tell where the animatronic stops and the the three D oh, begins at cool. all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just and it goes for almost six minutes. Like it's a long ride, you know. Yeah, which that's is a decent amount awesome. of time. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. It is funny. I feel like. Uh, theme parks for most people you just don't really ever grow out of them they're just something that it just nah. brings out the kid in you it's like just so exciting I, i'm such a I like I, I love theme parks like i'm i'm it's kind of tragic but i just <laughs> i just love it and and universal's the top not disney like if you had to rank them it'd go universal osaka then universal la how, how would you put the top three uh, like I'm a huge fan of Disney. I've probably been to more different Disney parks than Universal parks. Um, yeah. But, but I think I, I love movies and I love, you know, yeah, entertainment. Okay. And I, I kind of like that element of it. You know, I like the shows and, I, you know, it really, mm. it, it's just cool. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting. I don't know if you know this. Disney also does movies. So I feel like they've got that uh, Disney kind do. of overlap. Yeah. I, I didn't know, but it's supposedly. Oh, okay. yeah. Have they done anything I might've, might've seen? Uh, I don't think so. It's kind of like niche indie films, like nothing, nothing major, not like uh, Marvel or Actually, Star you, Wars. Ukraine's opening a, a Disney-like theme park. Did you hear about Ukraine's <laughs> no, Disney-like theme park? Tell me about that. It's in Chernobyl, but the um the six-foot-tall mouse is real. Oh, yeah. Just terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, now if you went to Chernobyl, I think the nuclear plant would probably be the least scary part of it. Yeah, well, the, yeah that's, that's true. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, we're going back to theme parks. So you're in Universal. You're going on the Harry Potter ride. Is there anyone that you would want to cameo on the day? Or is it just you doing this solo with your partner? Oh, gosh. Uh, solo with my partner. That's that's how a relationship in 20 years <laughs> feels like sometimes. You're like, come on, I'm here. Give me some attention. <laughs> there's there's too many dudes walking parts. That's the issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just just, I'll go on my own and just enjoy. <laughs> um, I'd love to go with... Pink and Graham Norton. I reckon okay. that would be such an interesting mix. That is, I mean, Graham Norton makes sense. You could also pick his brain for all the talk show tips and Pink would just be such an yeah. adventure. Steal his material. It's great. Yeah. Are you a big Pink fan? I'm a huge Pink fan. I, I think, um, I don't think there's a, 
when I interview Pink, that will be my, I can retire, I reckon. There's no one as a performer that I admire more. I think um, what she's done as a woman, the ability that she sings live while mm. upside down, and she does so many shows. She's consistent in all her interviews. She seems to treat people with respect while yeah. being a boss. I just did, there's so much more than like beyond just the talented performer that she is. I think what she stands for um, is incredible. And she doesn't seem to jump on bandwagons and do things just for public image. Yeah. She seems to be very genuine. Um, this is who I am. You know, there doesn't seem to be bullshit about her, which I, I think's, you know, incredible. Um, trade to have in in this industry to be authentically yourself yeah um hard to do hard to stay yeah true. i just and i just think her and graham norton would be such polar opposites <laughs> i just can imagine graham not wanting to do some rides yeah and then pink yelling out at him oh come on you pussy hurry up yeah. get on the ride like i just think that would be hilarious just that, and he'd just be kind of just either he go oh no no i'll just talk to someone on the bench yeah like, i think it'd be hilarious it is funny as soon as you said that i just picture him on a bench cross-legged just like casually interviewing like i don't know someone dressed up as harry potter yeah i mean could you see him going on the rides he'd be holding <laughs> pinks and eyes bags yeah like let's uh, be sat there and um oh, i'm not going on the ride no thanks he'd be happy about doing that i think he would be yeah and then he'd ask us really lovely questions afterwards about the experience you know <laughs> really insightful really great you feel loved at the end of it pink's jing you up and gray norton yeah. is like the aftercare after the ride being like how was that for you how do you yeah feel? he's like the therapist that you need yeah <laughs> look it's a pretty it's a pretty big day let's let's recap your perfect day for you so oh gosh okay uh, you start off at muffin break um the worst job you've ever had you're <laughs> there for a couple of weeks but thankfully you have gastro so you don't have to be there now, to pump you up for the day, you've got not just one song, you've got three songs in a medley. You've got You Two and Pavarotti. Yeah, I'm greedy. Miss Sarajevo, a Bosnian classic. Then you've got Dream, Things Can Only Get Better. <laughs> then you finish off to really, you're feeling yourself a lot today, but in, in a very PG-13 way, nothing under the table. Um, you've got Superstar. No, <laughs> no, that comes with the new beat shortly. Yeah, exactly. Superstar, Love, love Inc. So you're feeling really pumped up. Then you're going to um, a cafe, doesn't matter which one you'll try a different one you're getting your smashed avo with your scrambled eggs with chili flakes sounds really good oh i'm fed up with your smashed avo of course um then <laughs> you're taking off all your clothes go to the nude beach uh because it's empty that's the reason why we're going it's because it's really empty and you can have space yeah. to yourself um and then from there that's the only reason <laughs> The only not reason... the fact that I can wear my Polaroid glasses and have a look around. Yeah, no. def definitely not that. It's purely it's purely above oh. board, uh, as with everything on this day. Then you're getting a, a private jet. Pink and Graham Norton, they're with you. You're getting. You don't even need the fast pass because today it's closed. It's just you, Pink, Graham Norton at Universal Studios in Osaka. Oh. How does that sound for your perfect day off? It sounds like I'm absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> That's what that sounds like. That's the most random collection of things to do in one day. But yeah. that would be my perfect day. <laughs> I think the the songs is what really sets it up that it is going to be a bit strange. We've never had a medley before. And I, I love that you're the first to, to get three songs. You just want a bit of everything. Yeah, just greedy. I guess I'd probably have to put a pink song in there too. Uh, you know yeah. what she'd be like if yeah. it wasn't one of her songs. <laughs> you, oh. can you can have that on the plane. That's fine. It doesn't need to be in the beginning you can have it a bit later on that's okay ah uh, she doesn't stop singing when you're with her yeah. jesus <laughs> non-stop well ben murphy thank you so much for coming on chucking a sickie we can't wait to watch chucking
Chatterbox next year and to check out your shows if, if they hopefully come to Australia again. And yeah, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Harry. It's been an absolute privilege to uh, chat to you. I appreciate your time. And you know what's going to happen right now? Your favorite part of the show. We're going to put a... Chakasiki. Chakasiki. Well, there you have it. The perfect day off for Ben Murphy. Uh, the medley of songs. We've never had it before. He found a loophole. I'm impressed by it, but such an eclectic mix. I'm both confused and unsure. I have to now listen to these songs in order, see if it really gets me pumped up for the day. And the nudist beach. I never thought in my life someone who did not like being nude uh, would choose a nudist beach as part of their perfect day off. Uh, but Ben did it. He broke the system. <laughs> Very excited about that. Make sure to check out all of Ben's upcoming gigs and work at his website, www.benmurphy.com.au and join us next week for another perfect day off on Chucking a Sickie.